0: Hey, everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Got your Bibles, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and we're in a series, if you're a guest, talking about what it means to be the real McCoy, And it's really been my heart in coming through our Dream On series because the dream isn't over, church. It was never about a building. It's just never about a building. It's about people that need Jesus. And that's why the church exists. If you're saved, it's not about you. Because if you think it is, then you didn't get saved in the first place because salvation is the surrender of you to take on a new nature, which is not your nature, which is God's nature, and that's to go out into the world and help other people understand that Jesus Christ loves them. So I, I, don't, I don't mean to be critical, but if you're sitting here going, whoa, 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 whoa it's about me, okay. Then please tell me. If it's about you, obviously it ain't about me, please tell us what we need to do to follow you. See, salvation is, I'm not following Keith. I surrendered those to Christ, and the goal is to take on this new understanding, and I read God's love letter because I want to learn what that's all about so I can go out and do everything I can because one day when I'm in heaven, there's two things I can't do. I can't sin, and I can't reach lost people. And I don't want to get up there thinking, where's so-and-so when I saw them down here and I could have made a difference. Love propels me, Paul says. And so we're in this series of what does it mean to be the real McCoy, that somehow we can put the past behind and in a new day, in a new way, we can be the church, the bride of Christ that radiates in its glory to the world that they would know. And so that's what we're talking about. We're looking at seven areas of our lives. And what I want to do now is I want to talk about what does it mean to be healthy, mentally speaking. Let me share a story with you. It's about a man who's driving through West Texas one spring evening. I don't know anybody ever been to West Texas. Okay, me. <laughs> see, see, I would understand if no one else raised their hand because if you drive in West Texas, I was probably the only one there. And you think leaving Chamberlain going west is flat. You ain't have a clue what flat is. You can drive well over an hour in West Texas, no kidding what I'm about to tell you. You won't believe it unless you go there. You have at night time, you can see headlights coming and well over an hour and they still haven't passed you. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. It's flat. West Texas are so dudes out there and it's deserted as it mostly is. And, There isn't a soul he's seen for hours, but suddenly his car started to do something. and cough, sputter, and then it died. Worst place you can be alongside the road in West Texas in the middle of the night. He pops the hood, looks underneath, and then he realizes he didn't know anything about cars. So he just stands there looking at the engine. Anybody ever been there? Okay. (laughs) Completely helpless, his flashlight now dying because he forgot to put new batteries in it. He hears a voice remember, he's all alone West Texas night. Here's a voice. It's your fuel pump. The man raised his head so quickly that he banged his head on the underside of the hood, shaking in fear. Who said that? He's looking around, looking around. He sees two horses standing along a fence line. Well, it couldn't be a horse. He keeps looking around, nothing. Looks back at the horse, and one of the horses says, it's your fuel pump. Tap it with your flashlight. Try it again confused, dazed, he can't believe talking horse. He does what the horse instructs, taps the fuel pump with his flashlight, turns the key, and sure enough, the car starts. Sort of stupid, he mutters thank you to the horse and gets in the car and screams away. When he finally gets to the nearest town, he runs into a local bar and says, give me a beer, like lots of it. (laughs) A local rancher who happened to be sitting at the bar looked at me and said, dude, what is wrong with you? You look like you've seen a ghost. Well, I'm not sure, he says. Maybe I did. I'm, I think I'm losing my mind. Then he tells the rancher the entire story. The rancher just sits there, nonchalant, sips his beer, looks thoughtfully and says, a horse, you say? Was it by chance a white horse? The man nodded, nodded and said, yeah. Am I crazy? Not at all. You ain't crazy. In fact, you're lucky. That other horse, the black one, doesn't know a thing about cars. Um, Laughter And I know you say, what does that got to do with it? Nothing. Um, Actually, it does. Because I want you to listen to this. If there's something that I'm learning about the church, it's in response to what Jesus said. Your problem is, is you're ignorant to the truth. You think you know, you don't know. And so I want to tell you about one who actually rides on a white horse. Who happened... Absolutely knows everything you need to know, and loved us enough that he wrote it down. And so, why don't you look at the screen? I want you to read out loud with me from 1 Peter chapter one, verse thirteen. Church, come on, read it nice and loud. Prepare your minds for action and be self-controlled. Say it again. Prepare your minds for action and be self-controlled. Do you know what the word literally means in the Greek here? Do you know what it means? It means get ready to learn. Engage your brain. Be ready to think. We've all heard the old adage a mind is a terrible thing to waste. You know what? It is. Because your mind is probably the greatest gift that God gave you. And Jesus said, Man, your problem is you're ignorant to the truth. That's your problem. You just don't know the truth. If you knew the truth and you filled that with your mind, it would set you free, it would change your life like you can't even begin to imagine. And so I want to talk about what does it mean to be mentally healthy? Because you need to listen to this. Nothing ever happens in your life until it first became a thought. And so if I could sum this message up in one sentence, and some of you are going, please do, and then stop. Okay? I'm not going to. God is far more interested in changing the way you think than he is in changing your circumstances. Let me say it again. God is far more interested in changing the way you think than he is in changing your circumstances. See, some of you stop and go, whoa, whoa, pastor. Help me with that one. Some of you think you have a financial problem. You don't. You have bad thinking about finances. Some of you think you have marital problems. You don't. You have bad thinking about marriage. Some of you think you have parental problems. You don't. You have bad thinking about what it means to be a parent. So listen very carefully. You change your thinking. You change your life. We need new thoughts. We need new truth. We need new understanding. We need to know what it's like to get mentally healthy. Because the Bible says in Romans 12... You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation happens when you get new thinking, new understanding, and it's a game changer. It is a game changer. Why is this so important? Write this in. Here's the first one. Because my thoughts control my life. Say that with me. My thoughts control my life. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 4, be careful how you think. Watch this. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is shaped by them. Folks, listen this. Sin is a condition before it ever becomes an action. Sin is a condition before it becomes an action. The problem in the church today, we tend to want to judge the action instead of fixing the condition. Sin wasn't something you did. It started with something you thought. And you thought longer than you should have. I mean, that's what Ralph Walder Emerson says, you sow a thought, you reap an action. That's where it starts. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you'll reap a character. You sow your character and you reap a destiny. It all starts here. That's why this is so important. Here's number two, because my mind is the battleground for sin, say that with me. My mind is the battleground for sin. The devil knows me way too well that whatever gets my attention gets me. Whatever gets my attention. Proverbs 23 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart. Do you know what he's saying by that? He's telling you the difference between a glance and a gaze. See, see, sin is out there, and you might see it. The glance isn't the sin. It's when you gaze because now you've moved it to your heart. For as a man thinketh, look what it says, so he is. You know, I once heard of a well-known man who described to his audience his early morning ritual. He said, the first thing I do after I shut off the alarm is I stand up, I do some stretches, I thank God for the new day, and then I drop dead. When he shared this in public, the audience laughed. He said, no, you don't understand. I'm dead serious, no pun intended. Here's what he said. You see, if I'm gonna win at this battle in my mind, then I must announce that my carnal mind is declared DOA, dead on arrival. If I'm gonna win, my Bible says there's nothing good in the way I think. My brain needs to die. And so God can then start filling with what really matters. Folks, the battle for everything is either won or lost in our minds. Won or lost. And by the way, I I thought you might appreciate this. I I was reading up on some children, and uh, I love holding a mic. (laughs) A teacher told the young class to ask their parents for a family story with a moral. I thought this was great. Sent them home and said, Tomorrow I want you to come back and share it with the class. Well, little Joey went first. He said, My dad's a farmer and we have chickens. One day, we were taking lots of eggs to the market in a basket and on the front seat of the truck and we hit a big bump in the road and the basket fell on the floor and the eggs broke. And the moral of the story is, don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> then went Mary, well, we're farmers too. We had 20 eggs waiting to hatch, but when they did, we only got 10 chicks. And the moral of that story is, don't cut your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> then went Barney. My dad told me about Aunt Karen. She was a flight engineer in the war and her plane got hit and went down. She had to bail out over enemy territory and all she had was a bottle of whiskey, a machine gun, and a machete. Aunt Carol, she drank the whiskey on the way down just to prepare herself. She landed right in the middle of 100 enemy soldiers. She killed 70 of them with the machine gun until she ran out of bullets. Then she killed 20 more with a machete till the blade broke. Then she killed the last 10 with her bare hands. The teacher's like, good heavens, that's horrible. What did your dad say the moral of that story was? He said, stay away from Aunt Karen when she's been drinking. (laughs) 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 Folks, if we learn to manage our minds, we will ultimately win in managing our lives. And I think everybody here wants to have a good, managed life. Here's number three I want you to catch. And then I'm going to give you God's word, what it says, and how we can be mentally healthy. But here's the third one, why this is so important, because my mind is the key to peace and happiness. Look what, look what Paul writes in Romans 8. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is what? Death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, look at it. There's life and peace. Anybody want life and peace? Oh, just, okay, three of you. That's good. That's good. That's good. You're going to like this message. (laughs) The rest of you just die, okay, I guess. But I want to show you how we can live mentally healthy, truly have healthy lives mentally, Because this is a battle. i got to tell you, it's a battle. And Satan is so relentless, isn't he? So here's the first thing I want you to catch. Here it is. If we're going to live mentally healthy, there are three daily choices. When do we make the choice? This is important. It's a problem, church, because some of us are making it only on the weekends, and we wonder why we struggle. This is something Daily. I'm going to go back to this incredible known speaker. You hit the alarm off. You stand up, maybe do some stretches. You thank God for the day and then let your brain die. Daily we need to pick up the cross, Jesus said. So here's the first choice we have to make. We must feed our minds daily with truth. Say it with me. We must feed our minds daily with truth. Write that in, daily. Folks, we all know the value of nutrition, don't we? Good food, good calories means good health, right? Bad food, bad calories means you're going to give birth to a mud baby. I mean, mean, you have to think about that. Anyway, but garbage in, what you put in the front end will always come out in the back end. And the same is true with your thoughts. For what you feed your mind on today will affect your life tomorrow. Sow a thought. Reap an action. That's why the Bible says God blesses those who find happiness in the teachings of the Lord and they think about them day and night. (laughs) Blessed are those who find joy in the word of God and they think about it, day and night. We must feed our minds daily with truth. Here's number two. We must free our minds daily from destructive thoughts. Say that with me. We must free our minds daily from destructive thoughts. Shirley MacLaine says dwelling on the negative simply contributes to its power. Dwelling on the negative. And all you're doing is just making it more powerful. It's just crazy. we got to free our minds. Folks, too many of us have become prisoners to our own stinking thinking. Isn't that true? And, and here's the reality. Most of that stinking thinking isn't even true. It just lies. we we got to free our minds from that. Let me help you with this. Let, let me show you something. And, and I want to show you some of that stinking thinking. You okay with that? Okay. Play, play with me a little bit. Which country makes Panama hats? Ecuador. Okay? In which month does Russia celebrate the October Revolution? November. What is a camel's hair brush made of? Squirrel fur. The Canary Islands in the Pacific are named after what animal? Dogs. What color is a purple finch? Crimson. Where do the Chinese gooseberries come from? New Zealand. And you stop and go, I don't, I don't get it. Yet so many of you do it with your life. Wow. Pastor, you, you don't understand. I'm just nobody. Who told you that? My father? Not that father. I'm, I'm never going to mount anything. I'm, I'm kind of dumb. Who told you that? My teacher? Not that teacher. There's so many of us in this room. We've been walking around with destructive thinking. You believe the lies that were told to you when you were young. I had lies told to me. I know a young man when he was in elementary school was a little ADD and the teacher told him he wouldn't amount to anything when he was a kindergartner. He's struggling in his second marriage as he spends most of the time in the bar throwing his life away because of a teacher has her own issues and it just breaks my heart and some of you that's what your struggle is in your marriage. And so you need to change your marriage because you, you think it's your partner, but it's not. It's some of the old thoughts you had from the past that you brought in. And you think somehow if I get married, they're going to help change me. They're, they're going to fix me. Some of you chasing things, if I could just get to a certain thing, because you're trying to prove something maybe to your dad or to someone else that I am somebody. See what I can accomplish? But you're sacrificing all the things that matter along the way. And what's really sad is some of those people you're trying to prove are already dead and gone. See, we we got to free ourselves from all those lies. we got to start trusting what God says about us. Amen to that? Because my Bible says that you're wonderful. My Bible says that you were made in his image. He thinks you're flat out cool. You're like, that's in there. It's in there. God just thinks you're awesome. And he's got all kinds of things he wants to tell you about you that's true. Not the lies of the past. But this is going to be a lot easier said than done because there's three enemies. I want you to write this down real quick that we're fighting. The first enemy, do you know who it is? It's not the devil. It's our own nature. Probably one of the greatest enemies we face is the one we look in the mirror every day. Paul says in Romans 7, I see in my body. Watch me. In my body a principle at war with the law of my mind. Look what he says, taking me captive to the law of sin that dwells inside of me. Anybody ever do something they wish they wouldn't have done? Can anybody, I'm not asking you to shout it out. Have you ever done something, why do I keep doing that? Because there's this old nature in you that doesn't want to go away quiet. We all have good intentions, but this old nature just has bad advice. And Satan wants to, if you will, keep using the old. That's why we need to understand 2 Corinthians 5.17. In Christ, we have a new nature. And the key to getting past the old nature is to focus on the new nature. And you put more distance between that and the old nature. I say it all the time. The key to overcoming the devil is let him have the old. And the further you get from it, that's the less he can have. The power just gets weaker and weaker. Because you're growing stronger and stronger. But we have have this second enemy, and that is the devil himself. He hates you. He hates your kids. He hates your marriage. He hates everything about you. He doesn't want you to succeed. He wants you to fail at everything. But I'm going to tell you something you need to know because you need to learn something about Scripture. The devil can't force you to do anything. You know where we love to say, well, the devil made me do it? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You might want to read James chapter 1. Sin starts here, and then when we play it long enough, we give in to it. And it starts to corrupt our life and eventually brings forth death. But if you're a child of Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you ready for this? The Holy Spirit's always greater than the devil. So the devil can't make you to do anything, but you ready for this? But he loves to suggest things. Constantly, continually, relentlessly. But he can't make you do anything. And he'll use people. He'll use television. He'll plant as many thoughts as he can. But he can't make you obey him. And I'm going to show you that in a minute. It's so important. So can I offer you something that's probably the most important thing I'm going to tell you? You ready for this? Don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. He's he He's a liar. Just don't believe it. Don't believe what he thinks and what you think. We need to start believing what God knows. I'm redeemed in Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Greater is he's in me than anything is in this world. I'm a child of the king. Saved by the king and kings and the Lord of lords. Devil, you don't know who you're messing with, man. That's why I always say, we as Christians got to develop a little swagger. we got to have a a, a basketball mindset in our spirit like Michael Jordan said, give me the ball. (laughs) We're the children of God. And he's an incredible God. He is the God. So we have an enemy, our old nature. We have an enemy, the devil himself, but there's a third one I want you to quickly write down. It's called the world's values. This is important. First John 2, 16 says, all this stuff that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not from the father. It's of the world. And may I remind you, it's changing all the time. That's why we need something. We don't need the lies of the world, the values of the world. We need something that doesn't change. We need a truth that will set us free. So how do we fight this battle? How do we fight this battle? I love the way Martin Luther put it. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can most definitely keep them from pooping in your hair. He's right. The devil's going to come at me, but I can keep the poop out of my hair you know how you do it? You ready for this? You look up. That's where birds fly. Not keep your head down and walk around and cry. You look up to where God, God lives. And you quit looking down and whining how you live. Church, we need to look up. John Maxwell tells an incredible story I just love. It's called The Parable of the Bird. It's about a bird who lived in Canada who decided, I'm not flying south, I'm tired of it. The other birds thought he was crazy. This is what birds do, but he was resolute. So the other birds took off without him. Now he's a lone bird. And pleasantly surprised at the stretch of the Indian summer that seemed to linger long into the fall. I knew what he said. I was right until winter hit full force in December. Can I just stop there? And I need to, I need to confess something to you. I've had a change in nature. I've always told you that I don't get why people up north, we always complain about winter because it comes every year. It's like if you don't like the winter, move south. I have to confess to you, I hate winter. <laughs> I, I'm ready to pick this church up and plan it south. Anybody want to go with me? God. I can't deny it anymore. I just can't. I watch those people running along a beach, and I'm like, God, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me. Amen. I have no clue what you said. Okay, but but all of a sudden, winter hit in full force. And immediately he said, Oh my goodness. And he took flight. But he only made it as far as Montana. It was there in midair he froze up and tumbled to the ground, landing in a farmyard. Laying there freezing, knowing he's going to die, he said, I'm so stupid. But just then, a cow walked by and dropped a big cow pie in the frozen bird. (laughs) The crap was warm and it began to fall and he's like, oh my goodness, this is great. So he began to sing inside the pie. The farmer's cat heard him singing, came over and cleaned him off and they smiled at each other and then he ate him. I love what Maxwell says. There's a moral to this story. First, not everyone who dumps on you is your enemy. Secondly, not everyone who cleans you up is your friend. And third, when you get dumped on, maybe you ought to just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) I don't know how true that is. But I think God says maybe we ought to listen before we speak when it comes to our struggles. And maybe God has something to say we need to hear. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to show you something that's so important because I'm going to tie these three principles in wrapping this up. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in the third verse, I want you to hear these incredible promises from God, this incredible love letter of how we can live mentally healthy. Here's what it says, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we're in the world, folks. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We don't whine. We don't just throw our hands up and give up. We're not going to question God. We might take questions to God, but we're different. We don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight, are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I'll tell you what strongholds are in a minute. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Watch this. And we take captive every what? Come on, church. We take captive what? Thought. Every thought to make it what? Obedient, Obedient to Christ. Woo! The devil can't make me do it. He can offer suggestions. But I find this interesting. Those strongholds, those lies. I can do it on my own. No, you can. Try as you like, you can. But if it feels so good, it must be right. It's not. The devil loves to get us to think in the here and now and to dance in the pleasures. But we just read, those aren't of the world. Boy, if I could just make so-and-so and have this and I'm financially free, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. You'd want more. It's in the heart of every one of us. Those things aren't of, the, of God. We just read them. The pleasures of man, the riches of the world. None of those things are of God. All of those will keep us from being mentally healthy. And so he tells us two things. Take captive and make it obedient. The word captive, to take it, means to conquer. And the word obedient means to make it obey what God says. Therefore, that's why we need to feed on truth every day. We need to free ourselves from the lies. This is so important, folks. And that's why number three, we must focus then our minds on the right thing. That's our choice. You have a choice every day. You can decide what you're gonna feed your life with. You get to decide what you're going to free yourself from. And you decide what you're going to focus. Thoughts come into mind, and I have the absolute responsibility to take them captive. I can glance at them or I can gaze on them. It's a choice. You got to focus it. You got to focus it. You got to fo- You might want to write this down. In short, We have to learn how to make our mind mind. We have to make our mind mind. See, I made a choice. You you don't have to, but I made a choice. I decided that the television has nothing good to offer me in eternity. So we got rid of it. Can you survive out of it? Well, yeah. We're in our 19th month now. (laughs) I I appreciate that, but I'm not looking for it. I'm just telling you this. I'd rather spend time with my family playing games, having conversation, than sitting my butt and watching the idiot box, my dad calls it. I love sports maybe more than most in this room. And if at the Super Bowl, we were invited to some friend's house and just had a great night with them, and it was really about being with them. It's the first game I've watched in its entirety. And when it was over, didn't care. Didn't care. And neither does the world right now because everybody's thinking now about exchanging millions to reboot their program to figure out who's going to win it next year. It's just fleeting. You chase it. We've got to learn to focus our minds. Did you know that studies actually have shown that the first five, ten minutes of your day will determine the mood the rest of the day? Your first five to ten minutes will determine your mood for the rest of the day. Isn't that crazy? In fact, I, I'm gonna have the team come up during this, but I want you to look at the screen, just watch this video real quick.
1: I'll never be successful. Life so fast, I haven't I uh, achieved, and I'm such a failure. Where am I going with nothing that ever works out? I feel like I'm going nowhere. I'll never be fit. What's the point? I wish I could be more attractive. I'll never find love. I'm so lonely. I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. I'll never be one unless I've done something to make her. I wish I could be more popular. People are the worst. My friends are so inconsiderate. Everyone thinks I'm boring. Nobody cares about me. Nothing ever works out for me. I've had a terrible I haven't achieved anything. You have been so good to me, Lord. I've had some great success. God is on my side. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today is going to be a great day. God's timing is perfect. I'm so loved. These friends are such a blessing to me. God, you are so kind to me. My friends are awesome. Thank you, Lord.
0: (laughs) Write these in real quick. Three things you need to start your day with if you're going to be mentally healthy. The first thing you need to do is think about Jesus. Just think about Jesus, start your day there. I don't care how you have to do it, put a cross at the end of your bed, put a picture of Jesus, whatever you think he looks like, just stick it there, whatever it takes, think of Jesus first, think of Jesus first. Hebrews 12 says, think about the example of Christ. Think about it. He held on while wicked people were doing evil things to him. So don't get tired, don't stop trying. I was love like this, don't stop thinking. Here's number two, think of others first, not yourself. Think of Jesus. You just did yourself by thinking of him. Think of others. Paul says in Philippians 2 don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they're doing. Folks, this is so countercultural because our world says, What? Do what's in the best interest of me. Look out for number one. God says, No, no. R- write this down. The more selfless I become, the more healthy I will be. The more selfless I become. But here's number three. Think about forever all the time. This alone will probably make the biggest difference in your mental health. Colossians 3 says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't think only about the things down on earth. There's too much short-term thinking in the world. But what would happen if we could turn our mind into eternal mode? I'll tell you this, a lot of us would be in a lot less debt. How many times do we react in a moment? To give it breath. You ever heard the phrase, He's so heavenly minded, He's no earthly good? I always tell you, I love stupid. That's stupid. He's no heavenly minded. Let's see, He thinks about Jesus all the time, but thus He's no earthly good. Can I tell you this? We're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. That's the issue. Because the people who take hold of the kingdom are the ones who advance the kingdom. (laughs) The mind is everything. What you think you'll become. We got to feed our minds on truth every day. We need to free our minds from the lies that people have said because it's all they are is lies. And then focus our mind. Take captive those thoughts. Say, I'm not going there. It's not going there. I'm gonna focus in on the right stuff. Listen to these words, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things and the peace of God will be with you. Think about those things and the peace of God will be with you. And if I could recommend a book to you, I love John Maxwell's Thinking for a Change. Thinking for a Change. Great book, Thinking for a Change. Church, listen, we need to get healthy mentally. I've shown you what God's word says. Now it's a decision on you, it's a choice. You can take captive everything I just shared, and I just share with you God's Word. It's already under obedience of Him because we make it obedient to Him. But you are what you think. You are what you think. If you want to change your life, you change your thoughts. You change them. Be not conformed to this world. Romans 12.1 But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. What a time to surrender. The team's gonna sing, they're gonna play. I'm gonna keep this altar open. We have people love to pray. But I tell you this, sometimes coming to the altar isn't just somebody praying with you, it's stepping out for God and saying, listen, it's time for me, God, to let my mind dwell on the things that matter. I make a choice. And I think there's something about that when you have to move and step out and have to, if you will, walk away from the world where you sit, where the comfort is, all of that stuff it represents, get out of your pew, so to speak, and walk into His peace. Amen? Father, You are an awesome God. Oh my goodness, You have so much for us. We just need to change our thought life. God, we have ways that we think are right. And maybe they are as long as they're based on truth, your truth, because it's your truth that sets us free, not our opinion, not our wants, not our woes, your truth. God, I pray that right now people would step out. And in doing that, they're saying, God, I want to be mentally healthy. I want to be mentally healthy dime a dozen, but finishers are one in a million. I want to be a one in a million church. I want to be a people that finish the race because God is the finisher. He does what he said he's going to do. And that's confidence. That's good news, people. See, some of you are going to probably have to stay in the far country. I don't say that is a, to be a Debbie Downer, That's just a reality. Some of you in this room. I got a lot to do, Pastor. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning, you're just going to run. And remember this, anytime we're running to something, we're running from something. Always remember that. See, I'm running to Jesus, I'm running away from my past. Does that make sense? Some of you are going to get up and go running for the world again, but you're going to be running away from God. That's why God's not going to meet you where you're at. Because there's no hope in the pig pen. Some of you need to get fed up with the pace you've been running and say, I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to accomplish anything good in and of myself. I can only accomplish anything that's good, that has eternity on it. That's going to require God to be right in the center of it. You got to quit blaming everybody else and stop and go, no. No, 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 I'm, I'm... It's my fault, but then you get up, and you take a step, and you say, God, I'm coming home. I'm not gonna run the world's pace. I'm gonna run your race, and that race doesn't need to be run, because it's already done. I'm just gonna walk with God. See, church, that's what it's about. Who in this room know you need to become the real McCoy, and some things gotta change? Every week I'm going to open up the altar and I'm going to do it because it's going to make a few people uncomfortable. Some of you are going, nah, I don't need, I, God will meet me where I'm at. You don't tell God where he's going to meet you. Think about that. You don't tell God. That's the problem. We're always telling God as if somehow he needs our help. I want to seek him because my Bible says when I seek him with all my heart, I will find him. When I seek Him, all these things will be taken care of. And that's what I'm doing in my life. Just slowing down, slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. Just wanting to get healthy. I don't want to keep stressing over the things that don't matter. There's more joy in the fact of loving on my kids and trying to correct them the way I think they need to go it's true I find real joy when they call and I get to FaceTime with them it's one thing I like about technology and my little daughter Jaden's probably watching right now hi baby she's 36 hours away and she watches and then afterwards and even in the service you'll probably see me down here checking my phone because she'll write and go watching daddy I just love that she'll call multiple times today I think that's cool and it's fun we just talk. Talk about everything. I mean, that pace to me is more important than anything else. And so as the team sings, I'm going to invite you to stand. The altar's open. Let me pray. Father, oh my goodness, I know I can't, I can't change a life, and I'm sure not going to judge that life. I just want to keep loving that life. But God, I can only look in the mirror at myself and realize it's time to get healthy to be the real McCoy in the areas of the physicalness I've stressed and worried about way too many things and God I repent that that was my choosing that's my pace and God it's time to come home